A mayor is supposed to lead and support the citizens they represent. But that isn't always the case. In 1858, New York City mayor and Confederate sympathizer Fernando Wood created his own police force in an effort to avoid arrest for his corruption charges. The two police forces would go on to brawl in the street, though they would later band together to sue Wood for $250, a sum he never paid. This type of mayoral corruption is far from unique in history, but it begs the question, what do you do when you live in a city run by such a person? Brian Lind, a 47-year-old bungee jumper and tactical paper mache enthusiast, was on his way to the Rainforest Cafe in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, when he went missing. All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Clark McCarthy, and I'm sitting here with Owen Ingmar. Owen, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well. It's good to be back. Feels like it's been a long time. And I'm doing pretty well. Uh, How how are you? I'm good. You know, it's been it's been a weird week, as you guys know. um, I've had a lot of career changes in the last few weeks, um, Mm -hmm. and I felt like I was kind of flying off the rails. So I just kind of zeroed back in on the two most important things to me, which is. Uh, this investigation and uh, my YouTube uh, karate school. And so I have been doing a lot of YouTube lives where I will uh, just sort of talk in the comments. So I'll talk to people in the comments and, and teach them my different techniques. They'll, they'll give me a scenario and I'll just tell you how to get out of one. Like, Owen, can, can you give me like a scenario where you might need to use karate? Yes, of course. You are... You're in line at a food truck that serves Nashville hot chicken mm-hmm. and somebody cuts you in line. Okay, I really like this. This one feels very real. This one feels very real to life and I, and I like that. So first I would do- It was is a I, Tuesday if it matters. It was a Tuesday. I like that too. That is texture to the story. Uh, so I would say first, you know, obviously you start from a place of peace. I would walk over, I would put my hands together and say, sir, do you, are you, were you, do you know the person in front of me in line? Or is this your connection? You know, you know, you want to verify, you don't start with karate. And of course, I assume in this scenario, this person would be sort of aggressive and I would have to respond. I'd have to sort of retaliate with, with my kind words, be like, sir, can you please wait in line? If they don't, of course, now you are getting closer to karate. You ask again, maybe they don't say whatever. You ask maybe a third time to please get in line. And then you say, I will defend myself. At this point, now they're, they're in hypervigilant mode. So I just, I take a second to de-escalate. I'll stand behind them, wait till they're, wait till they're mid-order. Okay. Now I'm fully prepared to unleash fury because yes. you, have to, you don't want to go against somebody who's like fully ready for violence. Correct. Um, I will, if I have a bat, obviously I start with the bat. That was going to be my question. You start with a bat. If you, if you have a baseball bat, the first move in self-defense is use the baseball bat. If not... I like to kick at the back of the knees and take them down that way. You can, of course, uh, a flurry of punches, flurry of Mm -hmm. kicks. I do kick very fast. I'm pretty proud of that. I kick very fast. Um, And once the subject is down to the ground, I like to bow over him and say justice is served. But I'm not a bad guy. That's honorable. That's honorable of you. Yeah, and I will, you know what? I will absolutely order a second hot sandwich and and offer it to him after the fact. Excellent. Yeah. Now I have a second scenario. Okay. That I'd like your help with. You've been parasiting in a FBI agent's basement mm-hmm. uh, for a few months. Um, and uh, you are having some uh, cookie crisp cereal and some oat milk in his kitchen at uh, 2 a.m. And you drop the bowl, and he comes down uh, in a robe with his gun drawn. And in a panic, you start throwing pots and pans. He chases you around the kitchen island. Uh, You turn on the gas on the stove. Then 
you uh, run through the living room, you run upstairs, out the front window, he chases you, you're both on the roof, you get into a little bit of a like a tussle on the roof, uh, you fall off the roof, you run back into the house, and you light a match and say, nice knowing you, sucker, and you throw the match, and it explodes the kitchen, and uh, you take the Greyhound bus out of town. I mean, I, I one, I love the, all the details to the story, and I appreciate that, because it really contextualizes yeah. how you're going to behave. Yeah. I have two questions. One, is this to, related to why you seem to be reporting <laughs> from a motel right now? It could be. Could be. Okay, very good. And two, in this scenario, it seems like you have made the escape. You've already made the escape. Yes, I'm just wondering, is there karate left on the table I should use? Um, as I didn't necessarily use any karate uh, in the moment, I'm wondering, is it too late for me to use the karate? Oh, absolutely not. I, I live by a rule I call the three, the three to five rule, which is if you want to defend yourself, you have a three to five week window to do that. Oh, so that's how I, uh, I use that same rule for food that's fallen on the floor. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a similar, uh, it's similar ideology, but um, if I would say, wait a couple weeks till his guard is down obviously you don't want to come at somebody when their guard is up that is that's rule number one but uh i would say because you know how to get in and out of the house in the evenings you come in with a bat you wait till he is asleep you do a, a bow and then you just go defend yourself with that bat uh, okay while he's sleeping and you know mostly for the legs I, mostly I, for the legs Legs and arms, yeah. Because you don't want him running away while you're trying to defend yourself. Right. Okay. Good. Good to know. I will brush up on my karate and let you know how it goes. Uh, it's nice that I can feel safe and not threatened for my life. Thank you yeah. for your wisdom. Hey, no problem. I'm always here to support you. Um, also, please remember to say you have honored me when you have finished defending yourself. Oh, absolutely. I would not forget that. I did shout that uh, as I was running away from the house. Uh, Great. I'm so, I'm so happy to hear it. Well, listen, I'm glad, it, I'm glad you're moving around. I feel like that last space was a little confining for you. And you're just, you're on the road now. You're taking a road trip, basically. Yeah, I'm taking a road trip. Um, I've started dipping my toe into gigoloing to pay for the motel. Um, Barbara, the manager of the motel, uh, has graciously accepted to be my pimp. And together, we've got a nice 80-20 split. 80 to her, 20 to me. And it's providing a roof over my head. And I'll be honest, I, as you know, I considered myself a bit of a uh, OG when it came to Kama Sutra. But it turns out I've got a lot to learn. Wow. That's exciting. I'm, that sounds great for you. I feel like you're a prime candidate for this. Thank um, you. Seems like you're going to have a lot of fun, kind of a, almost like a summer abroad backpacking, but uh, mm -hmm. confined to one motel area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, did you, she approach you or did you approach her about? Uh, I approached her. Mm -hmm. I, I sought her out. She was hesitant about it as it gigoloing is illegal and she said i don't really know much about what it would entail to be a pimp she played hardball till we got to the 80 20 split she said i don't really know how to enforce things and i said that's not true you easily enforce the rule of one powdered donut uh from the continental breakfast uh, she, I was actually banned from the continental breakfast for 72 hours. Um, we got into a dispute about when breakfast ends and when it should begin. 
she said breakfast is from the hours of seven to 10. I define breakfast as the first meal of the day that you eat. Uh, so I thought that I should be able to get a powdered donut at 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m., whatever my first meal was. Um, but she held her ground. She kept me out of the lobby and uh, bruised a couple of my ribs. And once I explained that to her and she said, you do have a lot of fines. You can't seem to get the margarita mix out of the tub that you made. I stained the tub. So she agreed to be my pimp to, so that I could pay her back for the money it's going to cost to uh, replace the tub. Well, listen, I love it. I love hearing it. It seems like you found like a nice, good structure. Uh -huh. um, this might, I feel like this could honestly blossom into a friendship. You know, uh, I've seen enough movies where a tough coach, you know, <laughs> turns around a bunch of wayward youths to know that underneath all that tough hostility, there is a heart of gold. Yeah, we, I keep telling her we sort of have a million dollar baby relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, well, Owen, I am excited to get into this week's episode. Uh, are you ready to meet our guest? I am. I can't wait. All right. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know your relation to the case? Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Benjamin Brantley. Uh, as you all know me as uh, the mayor of Tyson's Corner. Wow. I, yeah. I did not know you as the mayor of Tyson's Corner. <clears throat> oh, I've been the mayor for 28 years. Oh, my goodness. It's a pleasure to be here. That is incredible. I was under the impression that the mayor was a dog. Well, bef well, okay, so I did have a small stint where I was impeached as mayor, and the dog was because there was a larger majority of the city that wanted the dog. Uh, Mr. Sniffles, and so he was actually the mayor for three of the years. Of the oh, years. I see, I see. And then you won a re-election, it sounds like. Yes, well, I called to impeach Mr. Sniffles, and so I uh, reassumed my position. Wow. That's, well, I apologize yes. for not knowing that. Congratulations. Yeah. It's all right. There is, I would say, more uh, statues of Mr. Sniffles, I, I would say there are more Mr. Sniffle named Parks. Uh, the city does still value him very much. Yes. It's just, yes. But ironically, the dog park is named after you. That's correct. It's the Ben Bradley dog <laughs> park of East Tyson's Corner. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, Mr. Mayor, I, I, congratulations on, on getting your job back. Um, that's, Thank you so much. It feels good to be back. Yeah, no small accomplishment because that that dog was leading pretty hard in the polls in the in the election. He puts up a good fight. Let me tell you, you think that fighting a dog would be an easy battle? He is. A nasty <laughs> I don't. Nah, neither do I. We both have personal experience that is not an easy. Battle. We have lost to a lot of dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so you understand that they are ruthless and that though they make mistakes the people are quick to forgive yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah i i want i'd actually like to start by addressing some of the attack ads on you because they yeah. oh sure uh because that dog was pretty ruthless ruthless about you um said you weren't fit to lead um said mm -hmm. uh not even i would hump this guy um uh, that one hurt yeah. yes yes um Yes. And then had a video yes. of you drinking out of a dog of a toilet bowl. Yes, so, so that was a video I did do uh, for re reasons that remain anonymous. I don't know how he found it. Um, I do think the dog, Mr. Sniffles, has a large team behind him. Um, I certainly was not intending on running a mean campaign until Mr. Sniffles launched a series of very hurtful attack ads. Um, but yes, they, they, it's the reason I was impeached. Yes. Now, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, please yes. go ahead. No, no, I was saying he took the, the, the sort of position that I'm not a dog. And sort of attacked me with Which, that. Which I'm doing a little research right now into some of your mm -hmm. the campaign your campaign platform that got you reelected, and you said that mm -hmm. you could be a better dog. And I don't know if you want to get into this, uh, but you uh, 
elected to get neutered. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct, yes. And I actually have been neutered. So you are <laughs> the second neutered mayor uh, in the history of the United States, as far as I know. Well, and the history of Tyson's corner. Yes. Yeah, we have them both. Mr. Sniffles was also neutered. <laughs> yeah. So we have both neutered mayors. <laughs> I'm unclear. Did you choose to be neutered as part of a, like a means to get reelected? That's correct. Yes. I said I could be more dog than Mr. Sniffles. And so I went and did the thing that only dogs can do. <laughs> get neutered. Yeah, I guess. I guess from my perspective, I feel like that wasn't something I thought only dogs could do, but only we would only do it to dogs, I suppose. Well, it's the social convention of getting neutered is for dogs. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware of that, for sure. Sure, sure. No, but I wanted to prove that I could do everything a dog could do, and hey, and that's why. There's nothing I trust more than a neutered dog. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Think that means a lot, because that's technically sort of what I mm -hmm. am in the eyes of the public. That's great. Yes. Mm -hmm. I spent a week peeing on fire hydrants in public. Mm -hmm. Was that part of your campaign? Yes. Okay. I do remember those. I remember those. Uh, the days where you know, you would advertise. You'd you'd cut a little ribbon and then you pee and then mm -hmm. you know, kind of drag your ass on the ground. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's called it's called scooting. Okay. Sorry, I don't mean to be it's crass. It's called scooting. Yes. When when you when you put your hands in front of you and pull by your, fr your front hands and then drag your butt on the ground, the bottom on the ground, you scoot. Well, listen, Mayor, I, I, I appreciate you coming mm. on. Uh, you know, we're not here to sure, sure. relitigate your, in, your, um, your election here. We're... That's right. I rightfully won, so. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, uh, I'm curious, what is your connection to Brian? Well, Brian actually used to volunteer at the mayor's office way back when, before Mr. Sniffles had taken over. I knew Brian quite well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was my secretary and clerk. Wow. So how long did you know him? I knew him for about two and a half years. Mm. Yeah. What did you mm -hmm. think of Brian? You know, I thought Brian was was truly, truly, um, he was fine. Brian was not a close friend of mine. Uh, Brian was good at his job. Um, and Brian and I did not interact as much as I'd like to say we did. I'm going to be honest, I was very mean to Brian at this job. I was very, very mean to him. Why were you so mean to Brian? I did not like the way he was. The way he was? That's about as broad as a statement can be. Well, there are a broad variety of things I did not like about Mr. Brian. Okay. Mm-hmm. For instance? Ex the way he spoke was very irritating to me. All right. <laughs> his his voice would crack all the time, and I was like, "Just mean what you say, boy." Did Did you take his voice cracking as some sort of indication that he was being dishonest? I would say that that is one of the reasons. Yes. Okay. I feel like he was always lying in the office. I, then why did you hire him? I'm sorry, I missed that. Well, believe it or not, as Tyson's Corner is a small town. Uh, not many people wanted to work in the office, especially knowing that Mr. Sniffles was soon up for re-election and they would rather work under his lead rather than mine. I, I, I have to maybe push back a little bit on this because it seems like this might be related to your first impeachment. Part of the reason you were impeached was that you had a dictator-like quality to you, according to the official paperwork, <laughs> and you were very cruel to people for seemingly no reason. Oh, that is in the official paperwork. Dictator-like quality. I see that. Well, now, I don't know whose official paperwork you're looking at. I certainly was a man of my word. I was a man of power. And you two should shut up about it. <laughs> you, you two are being babies. Okay. okay. And you're fired. Oh, sorry. That just came <laughs> okay. out. 
Yeah, the turnover rate for you is pretty high, Mr. Mayor. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so there's a joke in the city that one in three people will work at the mayor's office at some point. Oh, that's very funny, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, in fact, looking at some of this, some of the census data, it seems that Tyson Corner has the highest percentage of people with administrative assistant degrees. So one would think that it would be easy to find somebody who could be a secretary for the mayor as it is a town with such uh, high education in that field. Well, that's right. Um, that, that is actually a true statistic, but very few people were able to keep up with the demands. We had a very fast-paced office. Uh, as I was gearing up for a presidential run uh, at the time, and uh, it's it is a bit of a bit of work, leg work in the office. Okay, so you feel that you maybe overworked some of your secretaries and administrative assistants? Is that what you're talking about? I would definitely say it's less that I overworked them and just more that they were not able to complete the work. Okay. Okay. So w what I'm hearing is you're sort of abdicating responsibility. Yes. Yes. We have three pillars that hold up the mayor's office in its reliability, respect, <laughs> and get it done. Oh, I, the two R's, I thought it was going to be three R's as an alliteration, but... Yeah, it really felt like it was going for a three R thing, but I do see that cut out of Larry the Cable Guy behind you. My idol. <laughs> I love Larry the Cable Guy. He's got to be the funniest man on the planet. <laughs> I no arguments for me. Yeah, no, hilarious. Start to finish, everything he's done. Get it done! <laughs> Now, I do notice that I, I'm i familiar with the slogan, and I believe it's get her done, and yours is yes. get it done. Uh, any reason right. For the, uh, the... Well, I actually did have my people reach out to Larry the Cable Guy's people to see if we could also use get her done. Mm -hmm. um, but he actually, um, because I have contacted him upwards of 85 times in the past, inflicted an official restraining order upon me. Mm. Um, and said, I'm not allowed to use his uh, trademarked catchphrase. Oh, I see. Well, that's right. Get it done is pretty close. Uh, that was some quick thinking, May. And, and we do. <laughs> that we do. Um, I, I'm just curious a little bit. Uh, it seems that there's a high number of secretaries uh, who were found over the course of the 20 years that you were in a mayorship uh, tied to train tracks. And I was wondering if you want, there's a gap where no secretaries were tied to train tracks. And that is when Mr. Sniffles was in uh, office. And then every time before and after that, uh, it seems that people would routinely find uh, secretaries tied to train tracks. I was wondering if you could speak to that. You guys ever heard of films in the early 1900s? <laughs> Have we heard of films in the early 1900s? Have you ever heard of early 1900 film <laughs> <laughs> I yes. haven't heard the term filmery, but I am familiar with early movies. I grew up watching early 1900 films. Mm -hmm. They were my favorite. And, you know, I think I learned almost everything I know today from the principles instilled in the early 1900 films. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I will say you do have quite a long twirly mustache, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's whack. I, I take very good care yes, of it. And I can't even see the top of that top hat you're wearing. It doesn't even fit into the Zoom frame. That's exactly right. I actually um, had this custom tailor-made by the great-granddaughter of the woman who made Abraham Lincoln's <laughs> hats. Well, that feels like a long way to go to get a hat, I suppose. It was one quarter of the mayor budget this year, okay. but it was approved by the city. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I'm reading a newspaper article about it, and it appears that the great-granddaughter of the woman who made Abraham Lincoln's hat was not even a hat maker that you paid for her to go to hat school. Uh, <laughs> uh, haberdashery school, I guess, is what it says here. That's, that is correct. And then after she uh, made the hat, uh, she went back to her job as uh, what appears to be a, uh, a lab technician in a uh, cancer research facility. 
Yes, she works on a very amazing team, and I took her away from that uh, for about two years to perfect this hat um, because priorities are priorities. <laughs> and she did a wonderful job. This is about her, uh, I would say, 32nd attempt oh, at getting okay. the hat just right. Oh, I see. Just right, yes. Yeah. But I demanded it. I wanted to say mm -hmm. this hat is a descendant of Lincoln himself. <laughs> right. He's second to Larry the Cable Guy in my eyes. Yes. Meaning he is up there in the ranks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, no, I'm familiar with the phrase. Mr. Mayor, I, I, I'm curious because it seems like you have a very eclectic group of people that you admire. Uh, Lincoln, sure. Larry the Cable Guy, cartoonish villains from the early 1900s film. Do you see yourself at, like, do you see yourself as close to any of those people? Oh no, I'm nothing like those people. I am, I would say that I'm definitely, uh, I am transcendent of them in the way that I pay honor to them. But the, it, evil is not, I don't have an evil bone in my body. I would hate to be compared to a villain. I would like to mention you do have a stack of dynamite on your desk <laughs> right now. Oh, sure, sure. Just do, just helping the local elementary school with some science projects. Oh, that sounds irresponsible. What is the science project? We're blowing up the train tracks. <laughs> right before a train's coming, we're going to blow up the bridge. And what are you to learn from this? Consequences have act. <laughs> actions oh, have consequences. Yes, I... <laughs> If I didn't know any better, it seems like you were taking out a vendetta on the trains for not just barreling through the secretaries uh, tied to the tracks. <laughs> uh, you were making enemies with the train company? Well, I can't say that I am friendly with the train company. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, to be honest, according to basically everything I've read, it doesn't seem like you're friendly with anyone or anything. You have, let's be honest, uh, you've created a vendetta against the train company. You've gone yes, through a good. lot of staff. Uh, Time yes. Magazine once listed you as the uh, most cartoonishly evil mayor <laughs> in the United States. Yes, and the only human mayor to be neutered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which... we've got that. I still would debate you didn't need to do that. I would debate there's a reason I got reelected and it was exactly that, but go on. Yeah, um, I, I'm just curious, uh, you know, what is, what is the messaging that you'd like to get out there? What do, you, what do you want people to know about you? Well, I want people to know that I care very much about leading. I care very much about being a leader. I like to have the power of being a leader to make cities mine. I like being able to control laws and rules. And that's all, that, and that's what I want the people to know. Mm. Okay. Well, I have to, I have to ask, uh, getting sure. back to Brian, there, there was some controversy because while we did speak with the lead detective, um, you were not, let's just say you were not in favor of an investigation toward Ryan's uh, disappearance. Is that correct? That is very much so correct. What do we need? A national case on a missing man in Tyson's Corner? No, no, it's bad press for the city. I'm, I'm caring about the people here. We don't want people moving out. We want people staying right here. Mm -hmm. I think that that case would bring nothing but bad press. Businesses would close and I care about the people. I think that that case is no good. I think it's a lot of show and a lot of flash. Really? So what do you, what do you think is the more practical or logical, uh, what happened? If, if, the, if an investigation is not warranted, what happened? You're telling me we found every missing person ever? <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Just to clarify, and you can correct me, because we haven't found some missing people, we shouldn't look for any missing people? At least in this town? Yes. It's a waste of money. And we are severely in debt, may I add. Mm. Well, you know, you as the mayor are probably 
let's be honest, a bit responsible for that. You spent a third of your own budget on a hat. I'm curious well, your budgeting skills in a general sense. Well, we did have someone that used to be our budgetor, um, but they have been run over by a train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm not that shocked. Uh, you know, we've, we've been doing this investigation for uh, a little while now, and in the little bit we've looked into it, we found, you know, connections to the mob involved in this case. We've had drug mm-hmm. dealers and drug cartels. Uh, let's say an owner of a, a chain restaurant who had uh, an unspeakable maybe sex dungeon in his basement. That he oh, was yes. particularly picky about who got to get in that sex dungeon. He yeah. wouldn't just take mm-hmm. anybody. Really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, I think as mayor, you know, it's none of my business, but I would work on legislation that says if you're going to have a sex dungeon, all are welcome. Well, of course, but here's the thing. Tyson's Corner knows that there's, as the mayor, you're not going to know everything about the town. There's always going to be secrets. And Tyson's Corner is filled to the brim with secrets. You seem delighted by that. Well, what's a story if you know everything? (laughs) A complete story. story. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's one way to look at it, but it's not much of a mystery. And who doesn't like a mystery? <laughs> Isn't that what you two do? Well, yeah, we're trying to solve a mystery. Yeah. Right. If you knew everything, it wouldn't be so easy. I mean, hard. What? Your jobs would be no. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, I'm worried about the corruption, <laughs> to be honest with you. You have lit up you lit up when you were discussing keeping things a mystery. You lit up when I mentioned mobsters and fentanyl and sex dungeons. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think the people want to be able to wake up every morning and, and feel safe and comfortable, like mm-hmm. the mayor has their back. Well, I would argue that majority of the people in the city are safe and comfortable because I allow them to do as they please. They are allowed to have a sex dungeon, and I will not ask any questions. They are allowed to confer with the mob because I know that no, I don't need to know everything as the mayor. I understand that people have fentanyl. And am I going to take that away? Is that my job? I think so. No. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I believe that is your job. Well, I suppose you and I are governing very differently, huh? <laughs> yes. I, I guess we'll I agree. I agree with that. We are... We. Listen, I admit, can y'all hear the leaf blower outside the mayor's office, or is it all right? Uh, we can hear it, but it's Yeah, it's we can. It's okay. All right, wonderful. What was I saying? Yes, I admit, I am not a perfect mayor. Certainly not. But do you think you would be a perfect mayor? It's quite a difficult job. I can't help, but since you brought it up, I can see over your shoulder that you have your groundskeeper using the leaf blower to blow a secretary off your property. They are tumbling. Down the hill, correct. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she's gone now. She's fired. Today she misalphabetized my emails, and I said that simply will (laughs) not. You read your emails in alphabetical order? That's correct. Can I ask why most people do it in the order in which they were delivered? Well, I like to see the transition from A to B (laughs) on my screen. It feels more organized to me. You understand. Well, I do, except that uh, emails titled urgent use you may never get to. Well, that's also correct, but (laughs) I don't delete, I don't delete any emails, you see. So if I have a new one, it'll show up as bold, but I'll have to read through all the old ones first. So a lot of my day is actually going through emails. Um, yes. I actually haven't gotten past P over the course of one day. I am working very endlessly, tirelessly to read past P. Uh, so it's a lot of work, sure. Yeah, I mean, I will say, though, uh, it seems as if you have signed up for a disproportionate amount of, like, coupons and things like that, and maybe that is sort of slowing down the process of checking your emails. Well... Have you all been to the local Publix 
at Tyson, in Tyson Corner right off of 14th. The local Publix? It's a grocery store. Okay, mm, okay yeah. If you get the right coupon book, you can walk out of that place saving money. <laughs> As in, not spending any money. <laughs> yeah, you are notoriously a big couponer um you will oh, come yes. out and maybe spend like three dollars and get like a shopping cart full of groceries and or occasionally yes. I, I remember uh you took out a full page ad for the one time you actually got money back having grocery shop that's right couponing. Mm-hmm. which i mean congratulations that's an incredible feed it brings me great pleasure and i also sign up for triple a's coupons so when i start my day i'm pretty much always looking at the coupons thinking about what i will be getting for free later yeah i mean congrats mr mayor um thank you i gotta i gotta double back with brian uh oh yeah investigation. Uh, yes, of course um, yes, yes. So in, our, in the course of our investigation, we did learn that Brian uh, was an avid dog lover. Um, actually, mm-hmm. some we, we found some photos of, of Brian with dogs uh, as part of like a dating profile. And uh, I know one of his associates in the drug game said he loves dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious why, you know, he came to work for your mayoral campaign which actively opposed mm-hmm. the dog what do you think you offered him that that maybe a literal dog couldn't well what did i offer him that a dog couldn't mm-hmm. well human words to start <laughs> okay uh additionally i believe that um I offered him a fair wage. I offered him a cot to sleep on um, when I asked him to work overnight. I think there is something about a man and another man working together, making the American dream a reality. Mm. And I also think, well, um, he thought that I was going to be out of office slightly sooner than I was. Why did he think you were gonna be out of office slightly sooner? Well, there was a re-election happening, and then I got terribly, terribly ill, and it had to be pushed. Interesting. I was poisoned! (laughs) Wow, you just threw your handkerchief into the air as you said poisoned. That was very dramatic. Uh, Hold on, I have to pick that up. All right, I'm back. You were poisoned. I was poisoned. Yes, I'm seeing that. There were some headlines. Uh, Apparently, you... um, were poisoned in the same way that Michael Jordan was poisoned uh, during the finals. Uh, you ate an entire pizza to yourself and then <laughs> said that you don't feel well. Is that correct? That is. Uh, yes, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. I should not be eating cheese at such a copious amount. Um, and it did take me out of the running for about eight months. I thought that was very interesting. There was a few reasons. One, your acknowledgement that it was you eating too much cheese, but you did still get that pizzeria shut down. Two, you got the election delayed eight months, which lined up perfectly to the finalizing of the IRS investigation against you. And three, just the fact that you were able to successfully move an election at all was, I think, Mm -hmm. the most remarkable feat. Well, it is my town. Well, <laughs> like you're not supposed to be saying things like that out loud, I think. Oh, I, I, I think, please cut that one I out. I think you are a public servant and work for the people of the town, technically. Yes. Mm. Yes, that's right. They're my people. Okay. Well, do you suspect then that maybe Brian was trying to work from the inside to upend or undermine your mayoral campaign? I actually do. I didn't think I was going to get into this today, but I am actually quite certain that Brian was trying to upend me. And I have a whole slew of evidence on why. Oh, oh interesting. Well, why is that? Yeah, would you? we'd like to, if you'd share. Sure, sure. Uh, every Friday, Brian would bring in a dog to have us play with. We would have puppy Fridays, and everyone at the office could bring in their dog, which was an absolute tease and torment to my existence, knowing that my sole enemy was the canine figure of Mr. Sniffles. 
So you he called them he called them therapy dog Fridays. This is fascinating. I, I'm bringing this up, and I don't expect you to have an answer to it. But Brian was also bringing a lot of dogs over to another uh, individual's house. Uh, so mm. I'm now curious as to where Brian was getting all these dogs, or if the dogs he was bringing over for therapy Fridays were then in turn being brought over and used for other purposes. I believe they were being used to test out bungee jumping cords. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we do we do have that one big cliff. <laughs> sure, we all know the big cliff. Uh-huh. Right at the edge of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe that cliff has now was renamed after you. It is it is Brandley Cliff. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I believe it's hmm? I was going to say the slogan of the cliff. Please, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know the cliff had a slogan. <laughs> yes, it has a little thing in quotes underneath Brantley Cliff. It says, there's no coming back from here. And I will say, I do appreciate that you got a sign where you can push a button and you can hear your voice saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was about one sixteenth of the budget for this mm. year. Okay. That's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was custom made. Yeah, right. can we talk about some of the budget? Because you are saying that the sure. city's out of money. And I will say, I've noticed that the roads about a block out from every strip club in town have marble instead of concrete. There's just... Yes, well, may I close my window real quick? Sure, mm-hmm. sure. I feel like it might help. One moment. Did you notice the mayor got very sweaty and ran off when I said that? <laughs> yeah. And just start stuffing things into a cloth bag. Yeah, yeah, almost like a potato sack. I'm sorry, I'm back now. Couldn't hear what you were saying. Sorry, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Hi, hello. I'm sorry, we were talking about the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just wanted to discuss the fact that we have a lot of potholes in town, but there sure. is now, in certain streets, marble-coated ground mm. near strip clubs. Well, all right, we're going to talk about the marble-coated strip clubs. I decided to put marble streets and pavement and pillars outside of every place that women should be respected in. Okay. You know, we can see you packing up. Uh... No, no, I'm just... I'm just tied in the room I, into a bag. Yeah, speaking of which, I, I did see a little bit of the preliminary budget, uh, or, or sorry, the final budget from this year, and you spent oh. about uh, 1/24th of the budget on custom printed bags, and, the, and I think those might be those cloth bags with dollar signs on them that you're stuffing all your money into. <laughs> um, that is correct. It's for, for my Halloween costume, of course. <laughs> that looks like real cash, though. Is that real cash? Oh, no. It's Monopoly money. <laughs> and also looking at the budget, can you explain what a villain's rope is? A villain's rope or robe? <laughs> oh, there are both. I'm sorry. I didn't... Well, a villain's robe is actually just um, what I'll wear. It's a type of terry cloth. And then a villain's rope is um, obviously very sturdy rope you can find at Home Depot. With, it can be used for several instances. Oh, okay. Very good for tying and knots. <laughs> okay. Oh, shoot, I spilled my roll of hundreds. I mean, Monopoly hundreds. And I see that you're... I believe you're lighting a cigar on fire with a $100 bill to prove that it's fake money. <laughs> That's right. This means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mayor, um, I appreciate you taking the time. I really do. Yeah. Oh, of, of course. Anything from my people. You said that so suspiciously. Well, I try to give back. I'm, I'm a, I consider myself very philanthropic, so this is one of my ways I give back. Oh. Doing this interview? Yes, you're doing this interview. What other ways do you feel like you give back? Well, we've already talked about the marble. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Okay. Um, I have made jam for some of my neighbors. <laughs> That's actually very nice. Yeah, that is nice. Who are your neighbors? Yes. You live um, my neighbors are the Smithsons, who used to run the museum. Oh. Oh. They passed away. <laughs> 
Yeah, they were all run over by a train, I believe. <laughs> That's correct. By the way, as a city, our train murder rate is astronomically high compared to the rest of the world. Yes, that's because we have a train that runs right through the center of town. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it's actually on the left side, but there's town on both sides of the track instead of just the the train existing exactly outside the town. And also, people uh, are tied to the tracks quite often. Yes, quite often. Right. But we, we don't believe in the death penalty here. That's good. I get. <laughs> but but we believe in revenge. Ken, I feel like you shouldn't have said that out loud. You're not supposed to yeah. say that part out loud. Because like, none of these people who have been run over were convicted of anything. Well, not publicly. <laughs> Can you explain this contraption that you're getting into? It looks like mechanical spider legs, similar to that from Wild Wild West. Well, sure. Um, this was about half of the budget. This is something that I had crafted specifically for my torso and legs. Mm-hmm. It is um, some sort of, it makes me a bit of a humanoid, if you will. <laughs> uh, it makes me half human, half robot, and it makes me be able to run at approximately mm-hmm. 250 miles an hour. Just faster than a train. Just faster than a train. Uh, I don't want to hold you up too much more. (laughs) I know that uh, your, I guess now former assistant, uh, told us that you have to leave soon because you're going to be interrupting every television broadcast in town to make an important announcement. (laughs) Oh, well, that's right. It was supposed to be a surprise, but Mm -hmm. I suppose you can know. Oh. Oh, we're getting a little inside scoop. That's right. I'm petitioning. I'm actually demanding that the entire United States of America be called Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And therefore, I am mayor of all of Tyson's Corner. (laughs) Oh, so some strange loophole to garnish you more authority? Well, it's to garnish me more opportunity to help the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that actually kind of doubles back on something I'm seeing on the budget here, which is just labeled as a D ray, like a D period ray. Like, did you, did you commission a death ray to hold the United States hostage? Yes. It's huge. You want to see it? Yes. Wow. Wow. The thing is, it can't kill an entire country at once, but... It, uh, it does have the power to go through television. Oh, interesting. So you're just going to interrupt all broadcasts and then shoot anyone through a television that disagrees with you? Exactly. And you will be able to know that how? I won't. It's a risk I'm willing to take. I've also not tested my death ray yet. I figure I'll know when I know. Okay. I mean, listen, Mr. May, I can't say I wish you luck because I would prefer not to be destroyed with a death ray. And I imagine I'll probably sure, sure. go take a walk while you're making this announcement. But I do, I want to say thank you for taking the time. I mean, you, you have been a staple around our, our city for, for many decades. Yes, I have. And it seems like you're, you're kind of living life you, you always wanted to live. Everything I've ever wanted is now within my grasp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Congratulations. I do appreciate that. Uh, Owen, do you have any... It was a pleasure speaking with you, too. It was a pleasure. Uh, Yeah. And now, I've never actually seen either of your faces around the mayor's office, and if you ever, ever wanted a job, (laughs) you just let me know. Well, that's a kind offer. Um, And I'd like to say that there's no chance in hell uh, that I would take that, but... It is getting harder and harder for me to find employment. So I will send you uh, a link to my LinkedIn profile. If your dancing doesn't work out, you've always got a job <laughs> as an administrative assistant. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> you may not know what a jiggle flow is. <laughs> but yes, if my dancing doesn't work out, I'll... I was going to say, part of it is Wonderful. dancing for you. You do a lot of it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, the mayor's not far off. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, one last question. I'll leave uh, leave you with. Mm. Uh, if we mm. if we locate Brian, is there anything you'd want him to know? Absolutely not. If Brian's located, I'll know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if Brian is located, I would say go ahead and tell him to stop by. I. <sighs> I'm going to real quick just put it out there. It seems like part of the reason he might have left town is that he's running from retribution from you. Do you think that's fair to say? Retribution, revenge, what's the deal? You don't have to go further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you didn't have a death ray, I would say you sort of painted yourself in a legal corner. But I, I think you've gotten very confident since you realized you have that at your disposal. That's right. Well, it, it was commissioned from an Etsy artist, so I hope that it works. Yeah. The budget's not that big. Yeah, I noticed somebody had knit sort of a cloth cover over the outside of your death ray. It's very pretty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's lovely. Yeah, it is lovely. Well, listen, this is this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, best of, of luck. Of course. Yes, thank you very much. And to you both, I suppose. Thank you. Oh, and there he goes in those <laughs> running away at 250 miles an hour. Yeah, incredibly fast. <laughs> with two bag, uh, canvas bags with dollar signs on them. Uh, oh, wow. Just kick the train clean <laughs> over. <laughs> Coming up on the next episode of True Deception, an improvised true crime. And my main passion is that I'm a, I'm a whippet breeder. I breed whippets. We had constructed two uh, children made out of paper mache. Someone had made love to my armpit before. My mother loved Home Alone, so I, I know for a fact that house is probably booby-trapped left and right. That I feel like he's kind of a chameleon in ways that, you know, they're kind of acting different with all these different people. I don't really often know who the true Brian was. Artwork provided by Amelia Jane Murphy. You can follow her and purchase her work at amil underscore art on Instagram. Music provided by Kai Ingle. Please subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps the show. You can follow us and contribute at DeceptionPod on Instagram and Twitter.